Welcome back to another episode of Lakers Explained, a podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com. I am one of your hosts, Christian Rivas, and that is the real Christian Rivas, not the fake Christian Rivas that was on the show on Thursday with Jacob. Uh, and I'm happy to be here, Harrison Fagan, who is not impersonating me today. And I'm glad because one more episode of you as me, I think I would have had to get like some level of law involved. Well, so I mean, I I see where you're coming from on that, but you have to understand that from my perspective, like, you know, I, I mean, it, times are tough for all of us, I think. And I was trying to look like ahead to the landscape and being like, what could be, you know, like, let's just say that like sports, like sports never comes back and I got to find like another <laughs> career path to do like identity thievery could be the way to go. And so I was trying to practice that out and seeing like, could I play a character? Could I jump on to someone's podcast and pretend to be them and have no one call me out on it? And you know what? I was pretty encouraged because literally like no one but you seemed to notice <laughs> that uh, I just replaced you, not even Jacob. So I don't know. I mean, I think, I think that leaves you on the hot seat a little bit that like, just no one even went to bat and was like, hey, what is going on here? <laughs> Listen, buddy, of all the people in the world whose identity you can steal, I feel like I'm pretty low on the list. So I'd, I'd continue my, my search if I were you. I mean, I'll think about it, but just the success of this one, like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's I feel like there's somewhere I could go with this. I, I can't wait for this to be thrown at me in a future court case. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part uh, of that, and it wasn't shade, it just was shade to me because um i'm trying to move out of the house but when you you said uh hi it's me christian and yes i do still live with my parents i'm just like oh man <laughs> okay i did not say yes i do still live with my parents i just referenced living with your parents yeah. because i, I was like, saying it. it's called being in character so <laughs> i get it commit commit to the role commit to the bit the only thing that disappointed me a little bit is uh that you didn't try to, to imitate my voice at all i think i would have been more flattered if you uh if you committed that much but you clearly didn't care that much to go that far which is what i'm upset about well also like i mean i think that if i had tried to imitate someone's voice it doesn't even matter whose it is for like 45 minutes or an hour like i think i would have done permanent <laughs> damage to my uh to my throat and so i just like i knew that stamina wise i was not going to be able to keep that up so um you know i just wasn't able to commit and for those of you listening to this i really hope that you listen to the most recent episode of can you dig it or this intro is going to make absolutely no sense to you um but yeah, no, I was I was happy to fill your shoes, and I was happy that nobody noticed. Well, I'm back, and we got a brand new show. The next I'm step back. is I'm just going to start writing really controversial articles under your byline. Under my name. Yeah. It's actually really easy to do that in our editor, so that worries me. That's what I mean. Like, bit. I could very easily just change the name. Like, I have those powers. <laughs> it would be super easy. Or any of my retroactive takes that I don't like, I could, like... I could go back and just change that name to you. Like, even if it was before you were writing at the blog, people probably wouldn't even notice. Like, uh, why Timothy Mozgov wasn't the worst signing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, that's a good idea. I'm going to go change that one to Christian Rivas. Oh, please do. Um, well, like Michael Jordan, I'm back. That was my press release <laughs> I sent out this morning. Uh, and we actually have a fun show I'm looking forward to today. This week is What If Week at SB Nation, uh, and we thought we'd kick it off in podcast form by looking back at the 2018-19 season 
uh, and playing a few different what if scenarios for those that have wiped it completely from their memory. The and 2018 we can't blame you if you have. <laughs> the 2018-19 season was the Lakers' first season with LeBron James, uh, and without getting too far into it before we start, it did not go well uh, for the boys. <laughs> they didn't make the playoffs. LeBron James' playoff streak ended uh, at I believe it was God 13, which is just outrageous. Uh, you, do you mean final streak? No, no, no. I meant oh, okay, yeah. playoff street. Okay, yeah, because it was what? like I think it was eight years in a row they had made, yeah. made the finals, right? Which is yeah. even more nutty. But um, it, it, was, it wasn't a great season for the Lakers. It seems so far removed from that as we stand here today with the Lakers being the number one seed in the Western Conference. Anthony Davis on, Anthony Davis on the team. Um, and the world. Just a veteran-heavy team. <laughs> but what if that didn't happen? What if what if things went entirely differently in the 2018-19 season? And that's going to be the topic of today's show. And I thought we'd start at the earliest point possible. Um, I'm not going to do what if they didn't sign LeBron James because, boy, <laughs> we could devote a whole podcast just to that. I just feel like that's like that's too depressing of a direction for a hypothetical <laughs> podcast to go in during like a global pandemic. Like if you would have sent me that idea... I would have had to veto it, like, and use my executive powers <laughs> because I just don't think people are ready for the discussion of okay, well, what if LeBron doesn't come? Then what are we looking at? You know, with everyone that we thought was the young core. I think you, um, I think you start Mo Wagner and Kyle. Kuzma All right, no, 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 just move on. Just move on. What's the first <laughs> hypothetical from last year? I can't do this. Uh, so our the first point we're gonna talk about. Uh, We'll go back to February of 2019, which wasn't that long ago. Feels like ages ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Uh, and I, I'm asking you, Harrison, what if the Lakers pulled off the trade for Anthony Davis in February? To recap, their final offer was reportedly Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Evita Zubats, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and two first-round picks for Anthony Davis and Solomon Hill, if the Pelicans accepted that package, what would, I, I can't even imagine what that roster would have even looked like. Yeah, neither can I. Like, yeah, I'm looking at that trade offer. Like, I forgot that it had, like, they had thrown, like, I, like, I forgot the KCP was in the final one. Like, I yeah. knew that it was basically all the kids, but I forgot that he was in there. And then also, I completely forgot, you know, it, it, like you said, it hasn't been that long, but it also seems like a different lifetime ago um, that they would have had to take on Solomon Hill's deal in that trade, which, like, would have made it even more uh, painful because I forget exactly how much he's making off the top of my head. But, you know, obviously that's that's contract the Pelicans were trying to shed and it would have burdened the Lakers cap sheet a little bit, which was already going to be limited on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, so, like... I think, like, first of all, I just have to say, whoever came up with this what-if idea, like, that was really smart, and, uh, you know, like, all credit to them, because I'm, it gives us something to discuss during this week, but <laughs> also, um, like, I honestly think, like, the, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I feel like the Lakers would 
No, actually, I don't even think this is a hot take. I feel like the Lakers would be in a worse position if that trade had went through. Because yeah. I'm honestly, I'm not 100% sure that they would have made the playoffs. And I don't say that in like the hacky, like, I don't know if LeBron and Anthony Davis would be good. Like, I literally don't know if they would have fielded like a competent enough roster by just like, because they would have had to sign guys off the street. Like, they probably like would have snuck in there because maybe LeBron doesn't shut it down. But like, it, we kind of forget that LeBron really was still dealing with that injury pretty clearly down the stretch of that season and ended up shutting it down with, I think like, was it eight games left? It, it was like a significant amount of games left. And he probably would have played it out. Like if the Lakers had had something to play for, but they didn't. Um, but at the same time, if it was bothering him enough that he didn't just play out the string, like it clearly was an issue. And like, who knows if he makes that worse? Like, I don't want to speculate, but I don't know. Like that, that team would have been, really, really thin and would have had to ask even more of LeBron than is being asked of him this year. Like, I honestly, and like, who knows if he ends up hurting himself worse. Like, I don't think that they really would have been able to make noise in the playoffs in retrospect, given how we saw the end of that season play out. Like, I I really think that they're better. And they would have given up Kuzma, who, whatever you think of him this year, like, he is clearly like still somewhat of an asset, even if he's like a diminished asset after how he's played this year. Like he is someone that if the Lakers had tried to use him in a trade, you know, last summer, like would have been able to fetch them something or would have been a sweetener. Like, and he's a guy whose value could rebound at the very least because he's young. Um, KCP has been a big help to this team this year. They wouldn't have had him anymore. Um, like, so and they would have had Solomon Hill's contract on the books. And, like, he's an okay player, but he probably wouldn't have helped them that much. And uh, if I remember correctly, he was hurt around the time of the trade as well. But I'm not 100% on that. It's been a long time. Um, so, anyway, I I think that the Lakers would have been worse off had they gotten that deal done. And not to mention, like, Magic Johnson probably doesn't step down. And I'm not sure, like, the cascading effect that that has. And, you know, I, I think it's no secret that I didn't think that he was that great of an executive. And I'm not sh I don't think you did either. Um, and so I think overall the Lakers would have been a lot worse off if that trade went through. Yeah, I think that, I think there's quite a few scenarios in which Magic Johnson doesn't step down. And we'll touch on those a little bit later in the show. Uh, but I, I totally agree because off the top of my head, the the field of players the Lakers were dealing with at the time if they would have completed that trade was like Carmelo Anthony um Alex Caruso getting his two-way converted to uh just a full-time contract which in hindsight probably wouldn't have been the worst thing no that would have been fine <laughs> Uh, but he would have been playing behind Rondo who would have been the Lakers starting point guard at that point uh which further pushes the point that they probably wouldn't have made the playoffs. Um, and yeah, it just, it just would have been a bad situation for them, even if their books would have been clear. Um, I mean, basically with the exception of LeBron James and Anthony Davis going into uh, 2019 free agency. But then again, you do have that Solomon Hill contract that you no longer have assets to attach to, to in, in a salary dump. And for all that, was made in the immediate aftermath of the Anthony Davis trade last summer, the trade that they offered the Pelicans at the trade deadline was far better than what the Lakers ultimately gave up better. And I mean, better for the Pelicans. Don't, the, don't tell the Pelicans bloggers. They, they, <laughs> they, 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 they swindled the Lakers, even though they called that trade out, uh, like a uh, offer. A dumpster <laughs> and, and I get it. Like 
the picks are fine. If if Anthony Davis sticks around, they're going to be picks in the twenties, and it's not going to matter. Uh, but and this may be a hot take. I don't mean to turn this into a hot takey pod, but I would rather I'd much rather have Kyle Kuzma and Ivica Zubats than the number four pick, which they ended up flipping for uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker and Jackson Hayes. Uh, and one of those, and Ivica Zubats for one of those future picks. I take that trade hands down. Well, I also think like the the, the other thing that you you mentioning the number four pick just made reminded me like that trade like that becoming the number four pick by the Lakers not making the playoffs allowed the Lakers to give up less ultimately right. in trade. And when you know they probably would not have made that much noise last year with LeBron and Anthony Davis anyway. Like um like in retrospect, knowing what we know now about LeBron's health situation and all of that stuff, um like I think that ended up being a blessing in disguise as well because it allowed them to kind of put like offer less at the like in that eventual trade and you know it saved them from throwing Avica Zubats in there for no reason and getting nothing of value for oh wait no never mind they <laughs> threw him into a trade and got nothing of value for him anyway my bad oh man that's the biggest what if what if the Lakers never traded Ivica what if the Zubats? Lakers don't like just lock Avica Zubats out of Staples Center for no reason <laughs> Who knows? They could have. They could have won the chip in uh, in twenty nineteen. Kawhi Leonard may still have only one ring. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, maybe he would have joined the Lakers because he really wanted to play with Zubox. Clearly, <laughs> but we'll never know. I guess uh, we'll save that for another pod. Yeah, that's, um, that's the biggest what if. What if the Lakers had never traded Avica Zubox? That's coming up on Friday on Silver Screen to Roll. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll take a little break before we get to our next one, but uh. Yeah, we'll be back. So next on our list of what-ifs for the 2018-19 season, and rest assured, there are no shortage, but we tried to uh, keep it compacted for the sake of time, for the sake of your time. Not that anybody has anything to do right now. Um, the second one is, what if the Lakers made the playoffs? So we're talking the roster as is, maybe with the exception of the trades they made at the trade deadline for Reggie Bullock and Mike Muscala. The roster, as is, snuck into the playoffs as likely been the eighth seed, uh, playing the Golden State Warriors in the first round. I guess my first question is, how does that team match up with the Warriors? So people are going to get mad. Well, I think first I have a question for you. In this hypothetical, does that mean LeBron stayed maybe not healthy the whole season? Because surely he would have had to like rest a little bit on that team. Yeah. But like, does he not injure his groin? Does he stay relatively healthy the entire season in this scenario? Because I think that's the only way the Lakers make the playoffs anyway. Yeah, I I think mm, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say he never injured his groin. But from the moment he came back from his groin injury, but he actually actually activates playoff mode, like yes. and go like gets Correct. them strong into the postseason, no lingering effects, whatever. Yeah. Okay, um, never gets blocked by Mario Hazonia at the buzzer <laughs> against the Knicks, um, all that good stuff. Yes, uh, all of that good. If you want to call it good stuff, sure. Yes, um, I think 
I mean, they they don't match up well with the Warriors in the end. Like, I, as, as much fun as it was to watch them beat them on Christmas Day before LeBron ended up hurting himself and before we realized how severe that injury actually ultimately would be. Um, like, I don't, I think the Warriors, like we saw, you know, as much as their infighting and their own kind of health situation kind of ultimately led to their downfall against the uh, Raptors, like, I, I, I I'm not anticipating that the Lakers would have beaten the Golden State Warriors. I think they probably could have taken a game. Like, we've seen that LeBron, you know, can t- generally take a game from the Golden State Warriors no matter who he has kind of on his roster. Uh, his, like, hatred for them is just that pure and deep that he's able to summon something extra and, uh, <laughs> like, take care of business. So Like a Sith Lord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think LeBron could have like like I think the Lakers could have taken a game but I don't know that they necessarily would have been able to take much more than that um unless this is some kind of hypothetical where they traded for Anthony Davis and then all the pieces that they signed off the street gelled and you know with those two they're just really able to make it interesting but I mean like that team that Warriors team like we kind of no one's forgotten because we all remember how good that team was but the way that they went out with like everyone getting hurt at the end I think has kind of collectively like made us forget that they were still really good during that postseason run um and like in the first round I I think they lost one they lost one game to the Clippers right that's Um, correct but like they're they were so good like when they were at the peak of their powers and like I, I just think that they ultimately like I'm not sure the Lakers could have made it more than five games. I think you're absolutely right. And as as high as I was on both Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram as prospects, I was also a real big fan of Josh Hart. Um, the Brandon Ingram from last season is not the Brandon Ingram that there is this season, that all-star caliber player. And whether that's just, a product of him having another full NBA offseason under his belt, uh, strength and skill training, or just not playing under Luke Walton anymore. I think it's probably more the latter. And just not playing with LeBron James, because that fit was always going to be weird, because they're both pretty ball-dominant. And with that in mind, and and the biggest thing for me, the biggest reason I think they would have maybe only taken a game is the Lonzo Ball factor. Because you have LeBron James coming back from injury, and he probably could have played through that injury. With Lonzo Ball, by that time, it had already been a foregone conclusion that he probably wasn't going to return that season. Like, if anything, if they made the Western Conference Finals, he may have peeked his head in. But uh, if I remember correctly, he wasn't even able to participate in the Pelicans training camp when it started in September. So is that uh, true? I did not even like, I stopped paying attention. I didn't even realize that that's crazy. Like, man, he, like they were so like non-transparent about his injuries all the time. Like you, you never knew with him genuinely if it was going to be one week or like seven months. Yeah, it was, it was bad. I, and that, and that's really disappointing because I, the, the, the scenario where the Lakers put up a fight against the Warriors in that series, I think it starts with Lonzo Ball and and the type of pace he helped the Lakers play at at their best. And without him, um, and knowing what we know about how Ingram and LeBron fit together, uh, I think it would have been a fun series for Lakers fans to watch. But after two or three ga- two or three games, I think at that point you're just watching it to watch basketball. 
Yeah, I think that that said, though, like with LeBron, with Lonzo's absence, um, I do think that like as much as he was a helpful, uh, he was helpful as like kind of like a ball mover and like wheel greaser for that team. Like, I do think that just like taking his usage out of the equation and like shifting some of that to Ingram, like maybe would have allowed him to fit a little better. And the other thing that we have to consider is like if the Lakers made the playoffs, like one, one of the things we want to talk about was like, does that change the way that they view the young core? I think if they made the playoffs and that means that like at some point along the way, mm-hmm. Ingram showed a little bit more. And you also have to remember down the stretch of that season, he also had his blood clot issue. And so like, I think in this scenario, obviously that didn't, that just didn't happen because yeah. I think like that was a big part of the cascading effect of what ultimately knocked them out of the postseason chase. But um, right. like, I think it, it, if Ingram had been able to play like, and he, that means, okay, not only did he have, he not have that health situation hanging over his head where, you know, like no everyone like all indications were that he was going to be fine but no one knew for sure you never yeah. know for sure with something like that and it also would have meant that he likely like popped at some point down the stretch of that season and was like really playing pretty well if they were getting into the postseason hunt and playing pretty well alongside LeBron like maybe not approximating the all-star campaign that he had now because I think like you said a big function of that was another year of growth another year of development like more opportunities in New Orleans than he got with the Lakers um but but, you know, maybe he plays a little bit better than he had, like just he plays at all. Uh, and so, like, I think it is interesting to see, like, if that like the one thing reason that I think this would maybe be good is if he gets in there and like we've seen how much players trade values or how much their free agency value can shift on doing something on a national stage. And like yeah. let, there would have been one game in that series where Ingram had like 30 points or something like that against the Warriors. And like it would have been like his national coming out party just because it seems like that's the kind of thing that always happens in the playoffs. Like yeah. Um, with with these young guys and these first round series and whatever. And so like there would have been one game the Lakers, the Warriors didn't pay close enough attention to him. And like he really just went off and it changed the way that the league sees him. And like, does that maybe allow the Lakers to keep like probably not Lonzo, but like, does that allow them to keep Josh Hart out of that Anthony Davis trade eventually and throw something else in there to make that work? Like, I, again, like I'm not a cap guy. I'd have to like go back and look at all of this stuff that confused me in real time. Um, <laughs> but like is there a possibility that they could have kept Hart out of it? Uh, like, and also uh, kept Hart and Kuzma or something like that. Just maybe taking an asset off the table. If Ingram had had that kind of coming out party, it, I think it's unlikely because that draft pick would have been worse that they were sending out mm-hmm. to the Pelicans. Yeah. Um, but it's possible like if he had really, really looked good and not had the health situation hanging over him. So I think that that's another part of it. And I think that like the, the trade package might've felt even more steep in real time than it already i think kind of felt i think that's a great point because there's no doubt that trade whether whether it looked different on paper or not would have been perceived differently if if the brandon ingram that we saw before his blood clot because make no mistake for for as awkward of a fit as i thought brandon ingram was next to lebron james towards the end there it really did look like he was figuring it out like Post All Star break, Brandon Ingram last season was averaging 27.8, 27.8 points per game, on 57% shooting from the field, um, grabbing 7.5 rebounds per game. He he looked like a stud, and he looked like he was on on the cusp of of figuring it out. Um, but that blood clot, I think, just 
lowered his value, his trade value a little bit. Um, not even a little. Been... I think it lowered it significantly. I think David and maybe not in actual terms, but I, I really I, I think David Griffin really did drive a pretty hard bargain there and was definitely like that guy in your fantasy league that lists all the bad things about your players before yeah. trying to trade for them. Like, I think that was very much like the stance that Griffin and the Pelicans took was like, yeah, well, I mean, you're citing all these stats for me, but he has this blood clot thing. We haven't looked at him. You know, you're going to have to sweeten the deal a little bit and throw in yeah. the number four pick or number yeah I think it was number four right uh and like all of that stuff so like I think um you know I think that maybe does change something and maybe allows the Lakers to make it out of that with a little bit better deal like maybe maybe not I the the other question that I think is interesting from that scenario is whether or not they even trade for AD like does that inspire the front office to say okay we took a game against the Golden State Warriors. We can probably build on this in free agency and build a contender next season. Or do they say, okay, well, that didn't work. Time to move on and, and trade for Anthony Davis. Like, let's try again. I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel pretty strongly that they would have tra- tried to trade for Anthony Davis regardless. Now, does it get done? Like, does that change the valuation of the deal to make it so that the two sides can't come to a middle ground? But mm-hmm. it just seemed like LeBron was so dead set on making that happen that, um, and, you know, Clutch was dead set on getting him to L.A. Right. Like, I just, I, I, I don't really see a scenario where, like, unless Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball played at, like, an all-star level down mm-hmm. the stretch in this hypothetical scenario, like, I just can't see a way that they're comfortable waiting, um, especially when, you know, LeBron had made it pretty clear through various channels that, like, you know, it, you need to get Anthony Davis or I'm going to start to become unhappy here. Yeah, and I that's totally valid. I think there's also a scenario, though, that if they felt confident that with their core intact, they could add Kawhi Leonard to that core and they really liked that core, I think they would have considered the possibility of waiting until the next February to maybe add Anthony Davis, assuming no, he was still in the point. And, and maybe that's maybe that's more appealing to Kawhi if he's not coming in as the third guy getting there. He obviously yeah. never would have been the third star on this team, um, but like he wouldn't have been like the third guy coming to make it a super duper team. Right. And maybe that makes it more appealing to him. I, I still kind of like. Given the way that things shook out, I have my doubts about that that's mm-hmm. the way things would have played out. But, like, who knows? Maybe it would have been more appealing to, like, another uh, somebody else that was on the market or something like that. Right. Um, I, I think the opposite side of the, the coin is, sure, they, w- they would have liked to trade for Anthony Davis. But there is also the possibility that you brought up is what if they just couldn't get it done? Like, what if the Lakers just didn't trade for AD? And were stuck on square one where they were last season with a young core, LeBron James, and a boatload of cap cap space. I think, um, I mean, like you mentioned like a couple names when we were talking about this beforehand, like Paul George and Russell Westbrook. And like, I was trying to think of like anyone else on the market that they might trade for. Obviously, Bradley Beal's a name that comes to mind, mm-hmm. like given how things ended up like going in Washington and all of that. Uh, the, the one that is interesting to me and not necessarily from a like, this is the move they should have made perspective, but is this the move they maybe would have made in the spirit of these what if scenarios is, you know, 
We know another player that was on the market uh, last summer that LeBron James is very close with. And ultimately this year showed and was able to put up like star level production in Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. And that the Rockets were very motivated to move because the situation there was very disgruntled between Chris Paul and uh, James Harden. And, you know, it was pretty clear that Chris Paul was going to be gone almost no matter what. Um, Like, I I think Chris Paul is another name that we have to throw in there. And honestly, like, that's the one that I feel like, like, there's a decent chance that that's the move they would have made. Like, not only are Chris Paul and LeBron friends, so you would have had, like, that aspect of it of they probably would have wanted to play together and that kind of thing. And if the Lakers hadn't trade for, traded for Anthony Davis, like, I feel like this would have become a storyline. Are the Lakers going to maybe go after Chris Paul in yeah. one of these deals? And the Lakers, they would have had cap space to trade Chris Paul into at that point. The only reason that never came up after they got the AD trade done was there was, like, literally no possible way that they could have done it within league rules but had they not gotten the trade for anthony davis done all of a sudden that kind of becomes a possibility where they could have absorbed him into their cap space and they would have had to send stuff out and like make that all work but like it would have been at least theoretically possible at that point and from what we've seen of chris paul this year like that's also something that could have worked and the other thing to that's worth factoring in there is like Chris Paul is very much like a um, an acolyte of like the Kobe Bryant school of competitiveness and yeah. like those who were very close. The Lakers weren't able to get like um, a trade done for Chris Paul and uh, done like during uh, like, you know, when they originally tried to get that with Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak. Mm-hmm. And like if like let's just think in the hypothetical that magic sticks around like don't you think he maybe would have wanted to trade for Chris Paul and like drop his line at the press conference about getting done what we, we wanted to make this happen all these years ago, but I magic Johnson was able to finally bring Chris Paul to Los Angeles. No vetoes like can get in the way this time. (laughs) Um, Like, I think that's one that would have happened. And, like, we've seen how much the Lakers valued guys, like, even long before Kobe passed away, like, how they wanted to bring in guys that Kobe respected and that Kobe vouched for and, like, that were in kind of that school. Like, Rob Palenka very much values Mamba mentality. Like, that's probably on his list of, like, draft, uh, like, qualities when the Lakers are (laughs) scouting guys or whatever. Like, they get, like, a, you know, they get a ball handling score, they get, like, a shooting score, and they get a Mamba mentality score. Um, Yeah. And, like... I feel like Chris Paul would have been a guy like that Lakers fan or Lakers fans would have been irrational, like really, really upset. And I would have criticized the deal. I know I would have criticized the deal uh, had they actually done that. But, you know, what we've seen this year, maybe that would have been that would have worked out. okay. I mean, the the back half of it would be painful. But, um, you know, that might not have been the worst one, although obviously there are other options they probably would have looked at. Yeah. And I think given what the Rockets were seeking in a trade package for um, Chris Paul, like the fact that they wanted a star in return for him. I think that OKC bid uh, still makes, or their bid to OKC, I should say, yeah, still wins out. Uh, but that definitely is an interesting, interesting scenario. And the, the thing I think would have skewed the perception the most, though, is I think going into the talks with the Pelicans, Lakers fans seemed to have this idea that the Lakers had all of the leverage going in to this Pelicans trade. And I think what they would have ended up giving for Chris Paul would have been similar to what Lakers fans thought they should have given up for Anthony Davis. And that would have just made the trade more scrutinized, in my opinion. 
That um, that said, the the Rockets would have had less leverage had um like that not went down because like maybe um like like if Paul George never leaves and yeah. I don't know if this scenario would have necessarily affected that in any way, but depending on the timing of it, like the the Anthony Davis trade got done before all of that happened, and so if like the Chris Paul trade gets done, then that happens before Russell Westbrook is ever asking out yeah. and because of Paul George leaving, and so like does that change the dominoes of the league like in a historic way in like maybe the Clippers don't get Kawhi maybe um like uh, maybe James uh, Russell Westbrook he wouldn't have been on the table at the time because he wouldn't have been asking out so you know like I think that there's a lot of like interesting things about that but like Paul George is an interesting one as well as far as like guys that they could have went after like I think it would have required him in the same way asking out and given that he didn't come to play with LeBron when he had the opportunity to do so in free agency I'm not sure he would have demanded a trade to come and play with LeBron but like who knows um like Bradley Beal is um like an interesting one and candidate for me in this case because he's also like a young star in the mold of AD and if you can't get that trade done are those assets enough to get a deal done for Bradley Beal like I I think it's a possibility at the very least yeah and I think if they didn't do that they would have just punted their cap space again and hope that AD would sign, which at that point, I think the franchise morale among Lakers fans would just be at an all-time low. I know yeah, I know that was... imagine having like a whole season of just like waiting for free agency with LeBron yeah. after how bad last year was? Like, yeah. that would have sucked. I don't think Anthony Irwin would have survived that. Because even bef- like going into the negotiations, he was already like, well, I guess the Lakers are going to waste another year of LeBron's prime. Forget, forget Anthony Irwin. Like, there's a more important Lakers-centric superstar that I'm not sure would have survived that, and his name is LeBron James. <laughs> um, I, I don't like. Uh, I, I don't know that he would have like, like he w- there would have been consequences. I think had the Lakers yeah. not managed to Absolutely. get any trades done for any help at all. Like, imagine if they had just whiffed on all. Wow, now this is going down a really dark path. We. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, there, there's a scenario there where LeBron requ- starts, it, it, maybe he doesn't outright request a trade, but, uh, you know, I think that he would have come out and started or at least let it be known anonymously that he was not very happy. Like, we saw that kind of start to happen, and LeBron later disputed it and whatever, but, like, we saw that kind of start to happen during everything that went down last summer um, yeah. with, like, Magic stepping down and all of that. And, like, imagine if all that happens and then they can't get a trade done for AD. Like, I, I think that relationship would have been in some real trouble. My favorite part of that scenario is that Knicks fans would have been like watering at the mouth just for the Nets to trade for him and pair him with uh, KD and Kyrie. That would have been glorious. After missing out on Kyrie, KD, Zion, they also miss out on LeBron. And Again. That, that, yeah, that kind of makes me laugh. Uh, the last one I have for you before we go uh, is one you alluded to earlier in the show. And that's what if Magic Johnson never stepped down? And I feel like step down is really underselling what he did because. Yeah, no, that makes it sound like it was a normal like NBA yeah. confluence of events. <laughs> uh, and it happened at a normal time and not before their last game of the season in a two hour impromptu walking press conference with every single so, member of the media. So confused. Yeah. Like. I. I, I don't what know were what doing I thought when that news broke. Do you remember? Yeah, I was at um I was at dinner 
watching the game at a Mexican restaurant nearby. And then I see somebody tweet that Magic Johnson's going to speak to the media before. And I thought he was going to do that Knicks thing uh, where he apologizes for not getting anything done. Like, we're sorry we didn't make the playoffs. This was bad. Uh, By no means did I expect that he was going to announce that he was stepping down. Or, you know what, at the very least, that's not true. I didn't think he was going to apologize. I thought he was going to announce that Luke Walton was no longer going to be the head coach. Yeah, I thought he was firing Luke when they said that, for sure. Like, I think Luke probably thought that when he was stepping away from the podium past (laughs) Magic. And and that would have been a rational assumption at the time, but the fact that he... Nobody could have seen it coming. I think the only person he said he told was his wife, Coco. Didn't tell his boss and longtime friend, Jeannie Buzz. His wife, Cookie. Yeah. Cookie. Yeah. Oh, I said Coke. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of iced tea and Coke. I don't. I don't know if you're on. I don't know if you're on pet name basis with Magic Johnson's wife yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Definitely but let, not. let's just say that NBA Twitter hero Magic Johnson did not step down to tweet more. Like uh, number one, I think that we can all aspire to one day quit our jobs <laughs> because so that we can be more free on social media. Now, Magic Johnson's version of being free on social media is still hilarious to me. I forget who said this, but somebody described his tweets as he's tweeting like he's the only one on TV that has a TV and wants to let people know right. um, what is going on. Uh, and like, you know, but short of stepping down to tweet more, like if Magic had stuck around, like I think there are a lot of interesting hypothetical scenarios like that could have happened and a lot of dominoes that potentially fall. Yeah, I think the one domino that was already dropped and had already fallen was Luke Walton. I think regardless yeah, of whether or not... Regardless, clearly. <laughs> right. Whether or not Magic was there, he was going to be gone, which begs the question, if Magic Johnson had stuck around, who would have been the head coach? That is an interesting question. Um, And like, there's no way to know for sure. But I did find it interesting that Mark Jackson completely stopped being linked to the Lakers after Magic Johnson stepped down, where there was, you know, some linking him to there before Magic stepped down as like a guy who might come in and replace Luke. Um, You know, I, I, I think that Tyron Lue is obviously, I think Tyron Lue, they would have went after regardless, and maybe they're more motivated to get that done with Magic there. Like, I think Magic had, um, he had worked with the team while Tyron Lue was um, like a player there. And, you know, they have the point guard relationship. And I, I believe that he's talked pretty glowingly about him as a head coach. And I think one of the things that he criticized the Lakers for in the Vogel hire was that they had Lue there, if I'm remembering this correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think Lou would have been a strong candidate. I think Jason Kidd would have been uh, maybe even a more realistic candidate were Magic given full reign of things um, because, you know, you have the point guard connection, legendary point guard connection there as well. They're part of that fraternity, both of them. Um, uh, Magic is very clearly someone who cared less about public perception. And, you know, we had we heard it reported during this whole search that part of the reason the Lakers didn't want to hire, they really liked Jason Kidd, but they didn't want to hire him as head coach because uh, of his like history of domestic violence accusations. And mm-hmm. they weren't sure if that would fly for someone in 2020, giving them a head coaching or 2019 at the time 
time giving them a head coaching job. So like, but I, I don't, Magic Johnson clearly, uh, you know, based on a lot of his behavior behind the scenes did not care as much about, <laughs> you know, public perception of uh, like people's behavior and whatever, like, um, and you know, I, I'm not, I think that he would have been maybe more likely to look past something like that, uh, because he's Magic Johnson and he's going to hire who he wants. Uh, so like, yeah, I mean, I think that there, I, I don't know that it's a guarantee that Frank Vogel would be the head coach, especially not based on like how magic kind of responded to the hire. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he did not seem very impressed with it. Well, I can tell you who wouldn't be the hire and that's Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. Like it, uh, even if he was, say, I think we can comfortably say, yeah, <laughs> even if he was a free agent, I, I don't think magic Johnson and Mike D'Antoni would have. Uh, Although agreed. this would have been the greatest hiring press conference in history, <laughs> is like the the first question is like someone reading Magic's tweets to him about Mike yeah. D'Antoni. Yeah. and then Mike D'Antoni would have opened with "Happy days are here again." This is how he would have opened his press conference. Um, I'd buy into the Ty Lue theory. I'd buy into the Jason Kidd theory too if I wasn't convinced that the people pushing for Kidd to join the coaching staff wasn't LeBron James camp. Like, I think as much as... I think Magic would have been more likely to give them what they want, no? Well, he didn't tell LeBron he was stepping down, so... Uh, he did seem very preoccupied with making sure that LeBron was always happy, though. I think that they related on that superstar level. Like, obviously, yeah, I mean, that relationship did not end the best, but yeah. I think if Magic had not decided to do that, they, by all accounts, got along really well, and Magic was somebody who was, I think, pretty constantly asking for LeBron's opinion and stuff like that. Well, yeah. The, I, 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 it might be recency bias. I think LeBron was one of the few people Magic talked to in the organization. Yeah, that's probably fair. So the uh, one day a month he came in, he had his meeting with LeBron, and uh, you know he'd see Rob if he had time, and then he'd head off. Yeah, Rob would be like, hey, Magic, I have to go. He's like, I'm actually late to a lunch. I'll get back to you. Like, I'll get back to um, you. He's like, shuts the door, tells LeBron, he's like, man, that guy's so annoying, isn't he? <laughs> Imagine if he was your boss. Good thing yeah. I'm here, and I'm always going to be here. Yes. Uh, the And I guess the last thing, I don't know how much you buy into Magic Johnson's own opinion of himself, but does Magic Johnson sticking around increase or decrease their chances of landing Kawhi Leonard in free agency? You know, like, part of me at the time was like, there's no way that this matters. But at the same time, like, Uncle Dennis made it very clear that he wanted to meet with Magic. And, like, yeah. that was clearly—he was clearly someone who had, like, his ear. And so, like, we remember how everything went down. But, like, let's just say none of that happened. And, like, Magic—there isn't this, like, perception of, oh, did the Lakers kind of, sort of, maybe force Magic out? Like, like either—not necessarily directly, like, you have to leave, but with the way that they were restricting his power and, you know, he felt like he was being backstabbed and all that stuff. If all that stuff never comes out. And he's just going in there to recruit Kawhi and Uncle Dennis. And, you know, does that maybe change things? I don't know. Like, I, I, I can't rule it out, which is kind of the craziest part of it. Yeah. But— also, at the same time, the fact that they said no leaks and Magic, even as a non-Lakers employee, immediately leaked every single detail of that meeting on yeah. Spectrum Sportsnet. Like, uh, you know, I'm not so certain that they would have had the covert ops necessary to get that done, uh, given, you know, gestures at Magic Johnson's entire tenure and all the leaks and how that has kind of stopped since he left. 
You know what's strange is in doing this exercise, I realized that everything that happened was supposed to happen. <laughs> like, yeah, even in hindsight, it's crazy as the path. Like, it's never the path that anyone would be like, this is the logical scenario to build a contender again. Yeah. But, you know, everything, everything happened like it was supposed to happen. And I think the same can be said for this podcast. And with that, uh, Harrison, <laughs> I will leave you with the final thoughts before we head out. All right. Yeah, this is this has been Christian Rivas. And uh, it was great to join <laughs> all of you guys again. And, well, you know, we hope that you'll listen to uh, me and Jacob on next week's uh, or on this week's Can You Dig It? God, you can't even if you can't even get the day of the, the show right, then what are you even doing? Um, that that's it for our show this week. I will be back later this week with Jacob and it will actually be me. So if you enjoy uh, me and this podcast, make sure to leave us a nice review on podcasts. Five stars if you think it's worth it. Um, otherwise, we'll we'll see you all next week.